There is more going on than you know. There are unseen universal forces at work. The law of attraction is just one universal law that plays a part in shaping your reality. But there's so much more to know. If you knew how to engage all the universal forces, you could deliberately create the life of your dreams. Joshua, a group of non-physical teachers, explains the laws of the universe and how the mechanisms of physical reality actually work. They are channeled by Gary Temple Bodley, and each week, Gary and a group of students discuss how they are affecting and enhancing their lives every single day. This is the expansion of the Law of Attraction. This is the teachings of Joshua Roundtable. We're thrilled you're here. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Law of Attraction Roundtable. I'm Gary Bodley. And with me today is Astrid Halverson. Hi, Astrid. How are you? I'm good. I want to do, I'm Astrid Halverson. You know, I was like, used to say, I'm your host. What, what does that mean, host? Really? I'm your host? No, I'm just Gary Bodley. That's all I am. You don't bring like snacks and yeah. cute drinks and stuff? No, I have my own drink just for me. And if I was a real host, I'd have drinks for everyone, but I don't, just for me. I, I would prefer that. I would have, I would like to get a Zoom drink. Ooh, wouldn't they cool if we had Zoom attached to a 3D printer and I could just send you something like that? I don't want a paper. I want something real. Yeah, that is interesting because this episode is about really how do we create. Mm-hmm. If we're creators, if we're the creator of a reality and we can manifest anything, we can be, have, and do anything we want, how do we do it? And we all think of it like the physical creation of something, like you buy some bricks and you build a fireplace. You know, or you, but we really don't create anything. I mean, maybe if you were in a hundred years ago, you might've created stuff. You might've sewed and created your own clothes and stuff. We don't create any of that. We just manifest it into our reality, but we're all, you know, caught up on how is that process really working? It's taken me six years to figure this out. I figured it out. You want to know how it works? How? Well, that's what we're talking about today. Yeah. But we're creating a podcast. That's real. True. Yeah. We're creating, a, we created it and now we're doing an episode mm. and we're recording our conversation. Yeah. And then it goes to an engineer who does some engineering to it, whatever that means. And then it gets uploaded on a platform and then it's automatically distributed to all other podcast platforms. And then it's something, but it's still, it's still like non-physical, Right. Yeah, yeah. All it is is a bunch of zeros and ones. And also that engineer and um, like the Podbean thing, that's not in my reality. So mm. for me, it's just this conversation. Right. That's my podcast in right. my reality. Yeah. yeah. And you're just perceiving that I'm even in your reality. Yeah. It's kind of like which like the laptop, the image, the Zoom thing, that's kind of perfect. Because here at least I get to be aware that I'm just perceiving you. You're not really here. Right. And what if you didn't, what if this was a phone call? It would just be my voice, not even yeah. my face, you know? Yeah. And you couldn't even, you'd have to imagine my surroundings. Yeah. yeah. But what if this, like the close, as close as I am to the screen, what if that's how close we really are? Because space is an illusion. Right. Right. So maybe we're really this close, like energetically this. Yes, exactly. I'm trying to reach behind. Yeah, behind the screen with your head. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe this is like a portal. A portal. Or this like is- Joshua says, a porthole. A porthole. <laughs> What's interesting is that it's like happening. You're basically halfway around the world in Norway. Yeah. I'm in yeah. North Carolina. And this is happening like that. Right. Boom. And also the time thing. I remember as a kid, the first time we were visiting the States from Norway, we went into a new time zone and I didn't know about time zones. It's such a weird thing to have time zones. What do you mean? It's not the same time over there as it's at, you know, back home. Yeah. And like time is an illusion too. So no, no wonder because kids are more, I guess, more in tune with reality what it's really like so of course it's a funny idea that you have a different time zone because time is just time yeah well that's einstein's theory of relativity only happened because in the early 1900s they started 
having trains and the trains would have to be synchronized. So you, cause each town kept their own oh, time. Yeah. And so one, one town would have this time, but the train would leave and you wouldn't know, you know, what time <laughs> it's going to be over there. Yeah. So they had to set up these signals that got between the two towns and, and synchronized their clocks. And they had to account for the time it took for the signal to go from one clock to the other t- clock, you know? Um, and that's really how he started thinking about it because he read a book about, oh, it was a um, science fiction book about time travel. Oh. And it gave him, it talked about the idea of what if, you know, you were a time traveler and you could, you know, travel faster than the speed of light. And so when the light left, you know, you're leaving Earth and the light leaves Earth, you're going faster. And as you look back on that light, you're seeing what's really the past, you know? Yeah. And so when we look at stars, the light that we get from stars is what happened in the past. Mm, yeah. So if you're out in space and you're seeing Earth through a telescope, you could be seeing, you know, the Middle Ages or something. That's deep. <laughs> so if you left Earth at the same time, you know, uh, a flashbulb went off, you would go faster than that flashbulb. And so for you, time wouldn't move, but for everyone on Earth, time still moves, but you're going faster than the light of, of when that flashbulb. So you're sort of going back in time. And that's what theory of relativity is. But now I thought, what happens if you turn around and come back? By the time that you get back, you would have to be in the future, you know, not in the I'm future for everyone, but in the future for you. I stopped listening around the train thing. <laughs> I just kind of zoned out. I'm just like, I don't give a shit. Everyone else is too. Yeah. <laughs> oh. So anyway, um, but you know, there's so much going on here that we're just scratching the surface yeah. of now. And, I, and we would be overwhelmed if we like had to take everything in. I think. Right. Yeah. Right. And we're, and so we're set up to perceive a reality in a very loose way. Yeah. That that uh, we only capture a small fragment of what's really happening, and that's why law of attraction. You 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 notice stuff when you're a vibrational match to it. Mm. You know, and there's so much stuff happening, and this is when. This is how you create anything is by becoming a vibrational match to something else. And then that comes in our reality. Like you and I weren't vibrational matches Mm. five years ago. You know, uh, we were just preparing ourselves to be a match for the time when we met. And so you were doing your, your thing vibrationally and I was doing my thing vibrationally and we rose our vibrations and we became a match to each other. And that's how the creation process works. So then we couldn't have planned this, right? There's no way to plan it. Yeah. No way to set goals. I want to meet some person from Norway and talk about law of attraction and it'd be impossible to do it. And if I did it, I'd like put an ad in the. What a crazy goal. You know? Yeah, no, exactly. And I. This is why goal setting doesn't work. Yeah. And I remember. When we, when I was just done with the one-on-one, I think that was probably 2017, 2018. I was on the roundtable for a few episodes. You know, the roundtable that you do with Wendy and Mark and Kyla, and I freaking hated it. So it was just a few episodes. So obviously, I wasn't a match to uh, the podcast thing at that time. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so here I am. Here you are. I changed. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And now you're matched to it. Yeah, and it was you know it was funny because we were doing the roundtable before Mark heard it and then he called me or sent me an email or something and said I want to be on it. I'm oh, like, on it, you know. So he became a master just like that. Now, how many yeah. people have had that idea but didn't push past the fear to do what they were inspired to do yeah. and send me an email? Exactly, because yeah. a lot of people probably wanted to do it at some point or like thought, oh, that would be cool, and then just yeah. like laughed off or just never acted on it. Yes, because when we receive inspiration, fear always pops up and that fear prevents us from acting. Yeah. Um, Joe, Joe asked this question today all about, you know, when we first learn about law of attraction, we think, think good thoughts, stay in the present moment, 
Don't think bad about what has manifested yeah. or what hasn't manifested that you want to manifest, but how specific do we get on things? Yeah. And I'm getting to know right now that you just leave those specifics out of it. Yeah. And even leave your desires out of it. Don't even think about it. Just and you don't need all these tools. Like uh, for a time, like for a, the, I was reading, there was all about these visualization boards. Like uh, for, I, for one time I tried writing up your desires and then putting it on your, on a bedpost. So you see it before you go to sleep. And then first thing in the morning, it's like, what the fuck? Why did I even believe in that? But so many people use these tools and I understand that it's a way to get into it. But I'm, I'm thinking you want to move sort of beyond these tools very quickly. Right. You don't want to give your power away to tools and believe in the tools that the tools are making it happen. Right. The tools don't manifest. You manifest. Yeah. Well, that was the secret. They were talking about yes. vision boards and this guy had this vision board and he picked it up and he had a house in the middle of his vision board and yeah. he hadn't seen this thing for a year. Turns out that's the house he was unpacking his box from because he yeah. that. That's that old bullshit idea. <laughs> yes. Ma- you know, it's, it's manifesting things you think you want, not what you truly want. And believing that you need the vision board, that that's what makes the magic happen yeah. instead of believing in your own power. So here's what I've learned is that we are a vibrational match to what exists in our life now, but not to what doesn't exist. Yeah. And if we want to become a, a vibrational match to that, we have to change our vibration. That desire that we have will never change its vibration to match us. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Makes and sense. So, yeah. So Joshua had said in the first book of Perception of Reality, you can go out there and dig a hole in the ground and fill it with water and call it a swimming pool, but it's not going to be the elegant manifestation of what you truly want, you know? Yeah. And this is true of everything. A lot of times when we want something, we think that that thing is going to make us happy. Um, it was, we were doing that coaching call yesterday for the boot camp, and uh, Michelle said that, <laughs> that um, she had been dreaming of moving to this cute town in Florida on the beach and having a cute house and like being in paradise. Mm-hmm. And then she had been given the shirt and she wore it to bed, woke up and realized that across the front front of her shirt said paradise. And <laughs> that was her realization that paradise is found inside. You feel it inside, you cultivate yeah. that feeling and then you'll be guided to wherever it is because it might not be Florida, it could be anywhere. Yeah, yeah. I like that, yeah. Yeah. So what's going on in your life? Uh, not much. I've been, that's, and that's actually true. There is not much going on because I've been putting out there that I wanted, like that I'm doing channeled questions and answers, right? So, and as soon as I set a fixed price and I set the price that most of the people paid me when it was a donation yeah. and then suddenly the customer stopped uh-huh. and it's probably because it's summer vacation and everything. But for me, it was a negative manifestation. And I, I had this chat with uh, Morgan, a friend of mine the other day. And he was like, well, I can help you with marketing and stuff. I've been working in sales and without even like thinking about it, I just said, no, I don't want to do that because the more people that if I do marketing and tell people, you know, come do this. The more people that know about me, the more people can say, oh, that's not good enough. These answers are crap. You can't do this. What the fuck? (laughs) And I just like, I said it without even realizing that I had these thoughts still. That I'm not good enough. Yeah. Here you are with everything you know, saying it's probably the summer. No, it has nothing to do with the summer. Exactly. It has to do with you not, you worrying about what people will think about whatever answers they are. And the funny thing about that is that they can only perceive answers to be good or bad based on their judgment and their limiting beliefs. Exactly. Yeah. I was keeping, and I'm still, I'm keeping people away because I don't want to deal with the fear of their feedback. Right. And then finally today I realized I can't, I can send out a crappy answer and it doesn't matter The quality of the answer has zero value. What matters is their own beliefs about themselves and whatever's going on. But the answer really has zero value. 
the answer can just show them a perspective if they're willing to see it. Yeah, but I mean, what they think about the answer, it could be a great answer and they can hate it because of what's going on within them. Totally. And it can be a crap answer and they can love it. It doesn't really matter. And the only reaction that I will perceive is based on my own beliefs. So the answer, the quality of the work is sort of in between and like has no importance at all. Well, it's all based on our vibration. Everything's a mirror to that. And I remember when I was first doing Joshua five years ago or yeah, five something years ago, this woman from England had written a couple questions and loved her answers. Ooh. And then she wrote a question about this guy that she was in love with in Florida who dumped her. And Josh was like, this is just a stepping stone so that you can clarify your, your desire for what you truly want. It changes your perspective. And she says, that is the most bullshit answer in the world. He's my guy. This is my true love. This is my soulmate. How can you say that? And he goes, she goes, now I want you to take off Everything, you know, all the other, she had given me per permission to put those two previous answers yeah. on the website, take them off the website and don't ever mention me again, you know, <laughs> like that. <laughs> oh my gosh. And that was the end of Joshua. She got you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Luckily, I had enough other people. Well, also I could see it too. I could see what yeah. it, that this was true. This woman was pining after a guy that wasn't a vibrational yeah. match to her. And it was just a stepping stone so she could find. Yeah. And this but, is a common thing, too. So. But she was a match to you because you obviously had some fears some to get that kind of feedback. Yeah, yes. some doubts. Yeah. So we all go through that in the beginning of anything yeah. that we do. We're, yeah. we're all going to get some of that wobble. And then we come, when we get that feedback, we can say, no, this was an awesome answer. Mm -hmm. She just wasn't ready for it. Yeah. And I had to have that perspective in order to allow everything else to come through. Yeah. If I was judging the answers like she was, and, and, I, and if I used her feedback to define if this was good or not, mm. you know, luckily for me, it's outside of me. But if I was baking a cake and the person gave me a bad review on the cake, I don't think I'd want to bake cakes anymore, right? <laughs> or maybe I would, you know, do something a little bit different. Yeah. But then again, it's the person's individual taste. You have a lot of people who love the taste of the cake. Yeah. In person, you're not going to please everyone. Yeah. And and now we know it's because they are, you know, perceiving reality through the lens of their belief system and you have no control over that. Yeah. Go. Thank God. You yeah. can't force people to think or like anything or just as you can't force them to dislike. It's just, it's all up to them. Right. How they perceive it. Yeah. 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 And so we offer whatever we offer. In yeah. our case, it's this guidance through channeling. But you could do anything. You could be a stand-up comedian. Uh, I was listening yeah. to um, Jamie Foxx in Comedians in, uh, Comedians in Cars Getting Coffee with Jerry Seinfeld. It's a very great show. Anyway, he's saying, you know, I become Jamie Foxx, and suddenly I tell seven jokes, and then there's seven groups that love the six jokes but hate one of those jokes, right? So he, he said, he said, um, I've mentioned that pit bulls are kind of cantankerous. And all of a sudden, the pit bull community is in an uproar <laughs> over this. Right? Yeah. And I'm like, hey, I've had, I've had pit bulls, you know, you, you're feeding one of them and the other one's there locking the gate behind you and going, listen, we need to talk, <laughs> you know? So, so you can't please anyone. It doesn't yeah. matter what you're doing. It's all this vibrational wobble that we get to get ironed out as we get good at this yeah. or more vibrationally aligned to whatever we're doing, no matter what yeah. our passions are. And so that's part of the journey and you want that part of it. Yeah. And the good part is for most people offering services, like artists or whatever it is, you're selling something and you're not forcing anyone to buy it. People choose to buy or not buy. If people choose to buy something from me, I didn't, like, I didn't force them to do it. They have a choice. They cannot buy it if they don't want to. If they choose to buy it, that's what they get. And I have so much free stuff out there. So they can read a bunch of free stuff before they buy anything to make sure they like it or not. Well, what happens with artists, and I've helped tons of them, it, and it's always the same thing, 
is that they attach their identity to the art. Yeah. And so when you reject the art, you reject them. Yeah. I totally get that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the key is to detach yourself from whatever you're doing. For us, it should be super easy. Yeah. This isn't me doing this. This is Joshua. All I'm doing is Exactly. Yeah. I'm the typist. Nobody, whoever typed out a book, got offended because someone didn't like the book. Right? Mm, yeah. We yeah. Are the, we are the people above all, especially since we know more, who yeah. should be least attached to what we're doing. Yeah. Should be. Yeah. But I also, now I also don't, if someone loves it, I'm like, yeah, great. You should love it. You know, I don't get a lot of, a lot of, you know, joy, uplift, upliftment, pride, or any of that stuff. Yeah. I think it's probably ego. I don't get anything of that nature out of the work either. Yeah. You know, if you make a masterpiece, you can say, man, I did that. Mm. If, if you did art, but I've done five books. I don't, and they're all amazing books, but I don't yeah. take any personal satisfaction other than I was the guy who typed it out and got it done. You know, I put yeah. in the work to get it done, but yeah. So, yeah. So, you know, it's interesting because, well, okay, here's a manifestation, a wonderful one. We're doing this fourth boot camp. There's 19 people in it. One of the people, Navina, was planning to see Abraham in Amsterdam this summer. And she ended up moving to a, a little island off Madagascar called Reunion. And so she's not going. So she had her hotel and the Abraham tickets and all this stuff already paid for. And she's like, we were just doing a call before she started. And she's like, you know, I get this trip. I'd love to find somebody who wants to go on it. I'm like, I'm definitely <laughs> on that. You yeah. Know? And it's like, it's two weeks from the time I talked to her, maybe three weeks altogether. And I'm like, I don't know how we're going to do it. We're in the middle of a boot camp. We got so much stuff going on, but we're going to go to Paris for nine, for uh, seven days and then to Amsterdam for five days and see Abraham, which is totally sold out. And it's going to be fun as hell and see all our friends who are in, in Europe. Yeah. It just, I couldn't have planned that. You know, I guess I could have planned it, but it never occurred to yeah. me. Yeah. It just, and I wouldn't have gone to Paris for seven days. I would have just gone to Amsterdam back probably. This is fantastic. And this is how things happen. Yeah. But and also I also yeah, I had fear, you know, yeah. how are you going to get it done? How are you going to pay for it? You know, the, the plane and stuff. But but that's I, why it's good. It's just like a few weeks that you just got a few weeks notice because then you sort of have to do like, okay, I'll do it. You don't have that same time to worry. Yeah. Yeah. I'm pretty much like that now. Anytime that I, if I, I look at myself and I say, okay, if I am a magnificent and limitless being of pure positive love and acceptance and this wonderful thing came to me, why would I let fear stop me from doing it? Yeah. And that fear is always irrational and it's always based on my conditioning as a victim, right? The victim has to save his pennies and make sure they get everything squared away and pay all your bills before you do anything like that. And maybe if you save up enough, you can go next year or next year or next year or next year or whatever. And um, you'll never do anything that way. You'll actually live a smaller and smaller and smaller life if you just keep succumbing to those fears. I know what we can do. Let's do the question. Are you getting bored of this conversation already? Thing. All right. Yeah, I'm zoning out. I think, I think the question would be good. All right. Do you want to yeah. read it or do you want me to read it? Uh, I think you could read it. Yeah. And you want to go first? I don't care. Either way. All right. I'll read it. You go first and then we'll do Joshua. Okay. Dear Joshua and Laurel. That doesn't, wasn't really to Laurel, too. It's just, it wasn't even to Joshua. It just says, I had a question. So I typed in that Joshua and Laurel. Oh, thank first. you. Oh, I'm so grateful. You're the best. <laughs> in day 16 of the boot camp is a quote. It reminds us to stay focused in the now and not focused on the future since now is what we have. I do understand that and the importance of focusing on how we feel in the present moment. The better we feel, the more we are aligned with our inner being. I just want to clarify how to be a conscious creator of our reality. I understand that we don't want to focus on what is too much in the sense that we don't want to focus on what is already manifest, what has already manifested, or anything unwanted. We do want to feel the good feeling emotions of what we want to be man, man, what we want to manifest. 
To what degree of detail or how broad in scope should our vision be? I get tripped up on this. For example, let's take a hat. I have a small head, so I am creating a hat to come to me. I say that I intend the hat to be perfect in fit, wide enough to shield the sun, not too big to overwhelm my face. I say it will be light enough that I am not too hot and won't mess up my hair. It will go with my summer outfits. It will feel comfortable to me. It will be flattering to my face and stature, and I will love how I look in it, and I will receive compliments, and it will be the price that's suitable for me or will be given to me. So I don't state the color, size, or brand, etc. So this feels good to know. I put it out there, and it will come, but I would like to see if you have some examples of how specific or general to be. Thank you, Jojo. All right, so on first reading this, did you have any thoughts? I was thinking people sometimes write really long questions, like they want to share their story uh, and make sure that the non-physicals are aware of everything. And the non-physicals usually read their vibrations, so. This is a, when doing a one-on-one -on -one or in Joshua Live, Joshua cuts them off. <laughs> usually they but, get one or two yeah. sentences out. But I did the same when I was uh, with Joshua in the one-on-one. -on -one. I wrote these long-ass questions just like I – at first, at the beginning, I was also explaining, I understand a lot of this stuff. See how good I am. Yeah. And it's yeah. like, it's useless. Okay. Well, for me, it was like, okay, this is really specific. And the more specific you get, you know, yes. I don't know if that's going to help. So, But I like, I like the specific questions because, like, if they're just like – well, what are my limiting beliefs? It's like, that's, I know that's not, you're not going to get the answer you want. So I like specific questions because you usually get really good answers. Yeah, no, I, I really like specific questions. But what I was saying was the manifestation of the hat, that yeah. detail was really specific. Yeah. Yeah. So Laurel says, dare Jojo with a big head. No, she, <laughs> no, they don't say that. That was just me. Um, dear Jojo, when you manifest, when you create, you do, some from, you do so from your vibration. Your vibration is made, up by your, is made up of your beliefs, your thoughts and your feelings, and your desires and fears. When you desire something, there is usually a mental image of, what, of that thing or situation. That is fine. However, the important thing is how this mental image feels to you. This feeling is what signals the universe of what you are desiring to create. And this feeling is what will vibrate along with the new creation, clarifying what exactly it is you wish for. This means that if you wish for a new red car, but you believe this car will make others jealous of you, you will create something that gives you the perception that others are jealous of you. So it might not even be a car at all, and you might never see the connection between the manifestation of your situation with your jealous friends and your desire for a red car. The universe doesn't care if you recognize the desire manifested or not. It just provides what you have asked for. The magic wand does not judge. It simply creates. Which makes me understand how many times I have gotten what I've asked for and I just couldn't see the connection. Yeah, totally. So many times, yeah. I haven't, like, I've never, I, I just haven't seen the link between my desire and the manifestation because I've had so much fear around everything. Yeah. So most of the times I probably asked for something fear-based. Yes. And this yeah. is what, um, what, when you get like aware, people will always say that, oh my God, that was because I wanted this. Yeah. And then they'll make the connection in hindsight. Yeah. And it's all sort of like this unconscious manifesting because we're thinking about the thing and not the feeling, it's all in that feeling. Yeah. yeah. And also, I was, um, I was channeling something about money the other day, and what Laurel said that was that in the non-physical, a thought is just as real as the physical manifestation. Uh, yeah, of course, because it's not non-physical. Right. But that kind of put things in perspective to me, because for me, a thought is just like, uh, it's just a small, like a fly on the wall or something. And I want the real physical thing. So that's a real manifestation for me. Yeah. But a thought or an idea is actually just as real as a chair or a car. Absolutely. 
Which is difficult to perceive. Well, because we're so focused in physical reality and yeah. things and stuff. But the thought always comes before the thing. So what we were learning in boot camp this week is that the universe started with a thought. Yeah. And that thought manifested into the entire universe. Yeah. And so everything starts as a thought. Yeah. Or like, I guess, God in the Bible he just says, and then it creates, right? right. He says that like the word becomes a thing or whatever. Uh-huh. I didn't do Bible study. Me neither. So, uh-huh. Yeah. No. Yep. Um, yes. The magic wand does not judge. It simply creates. This is why it is important that you are aware of your inner world. You should aim to be aware of how you feel at any time and to control your thoughts in such a way that you focus on the feelings you desire to experience again. Your focus dictates what you live in the future moments. Your feelings dictate what you manifest. The mental image has no value for the universe other than to make you feel a certain way. The mental image is for you, not for the universe. So that whole vision board, yeah, the universe doesn't care. No, uh-uh. Yeah. And um, I think Josh will talk about this, but you know don't 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 ruin it don't say it if it's okay yeah don't no spoilers please okay go ahead you think you want a hat but what if the thing you really desire is a drone that is invisible and that always protects you from harsh lighting but at the same time gives you the perfect selfie lighting at all times (laughs) what if that is what you could receive and this in turn will make you a billionaire But if you keep wishing for a pretty hat, you limit yourself and never see the billions that would have come your way if you asked for a nice head sheltering device. Yeah. Insist that the pleasant head device be a hat. You limit what the universe can bring to you. In your vibration, you are screaming hat. And so the universe puts the drone back in the closet, gives it to some happy nerd in China, and hands (laughs) you a pretty hat that you will discard once you see something nicer in an online shop. Yeah, exactly. Well, this is the thing is with those that imagine imagination of, of the hat or whatever the thing you think it is, it's done from this limited vibration and it yeah. limits what can be created. Yeah. And what I find so amazing is that the universe wants to give us all these wonderful things all the time. The universe just like wants to throw shit stuff at us, not shit, but like yeah. good stuff and better than we can imagine because we'll always be getting it in in the future so our vibration will be higher so the universe wants us to have all these amazing things and all the time we're like no i'll take it i'll take a little hat i'll take just something ordinary right and we keep ruining it yeah this is what abraham always says is it's just as easy to manifest a castle as a button yes i love that i use that to boost my when i want money i use that the button and the castle thing to try to feel better. Yeah. 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 Uh, when I was doing real estate, you know, it was, it was silly because you could buy a house. We bought this one house and we fixed it up and we just used it for the weekends, like a Mm. second home, but it was only like half an hour from our house in this great town. And then we sold it in a year for double what we paid for it. That's insane. You know, I just got, and we, and we had a fun time with it the whole time. And it was yeah. like, got this huge check. And, like, and then of course we took the check and spent it on, on another house. Yeah. yeah. Everything on. But, but, you know, you could manifest these just giant chunks of money so effortlessly and easily. Yeah. So long as the real estate oh. market's going right. Anyway. Yeah. Keep going. Often you let yourself be limited by your small dreams. You want to feel good. So you ask the universe for something nice. The universe is ready to deliver deliver anything at all to you and has plenty of ecstatic and exhilarating experiences for you. But you insist on nice because you cannot imagine anything better coming your way. This way, you get nice. We suggest you aim for a feeling. Detach yourself from the mental image. Use the mental image as a tool to get yourself feeling good, but do not need the manifestation to match this image. Once you can clarify to yourself that the image is not what you desire, but something better that can give you a similar feeling, then you have asked the universe for a nice surprising for a nice surprise at the best and highest vibration you will be able to match once the gift reaches you. 
Know that your manifestation will have to be at a higher vibration as it is not yet as it is not in your reality yet and do your best to use the time until you receive it to heighten your vibration. The higher vibing you can get yourself in the meantime, the higher vibing and more amazing the manifestation will have to be to match your vibe. Mm. This I like that. You know, like, because if you can just, like, get really in the zone and be excited about it, the universe will have to keep upping your price and give you something better. Yeah. Um, this is another way that you can control your manifestation. Make sure you keep yourself aligned and in a high-vibing state of being so that the manifestation will have to keep improving itself to match your vibe. The higher you rise, the more magnificent the world around you has to be to match you. Aim for the stars and be a conscious creator, creating better and bigger manifestations to help you move further up on the vibrational ladder. All the things and experiences in your reality are only here to do one thing, to help you expand into more love and less fear. The higher you keep your vibration, the higher vibing tools you will create to help you reach even higher vibes. Make the reality around you a supportive and fun one, and the journey becomes one of thrill and ease. Play with your power and be the master creator that you truly are. Yeah, and so that's how you create. You create by raising your vibration. Yeah. And be high Fun. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so why aren't we doing that? Because fear. We're yeah. being all the time. We're being limited by the illusion of fear. But also, I mean, that's sort of the point, because if you want to experience or if you create a desire where there is no fear attached, is it real? what's the fun of it? Because you want the expansion, so you naturally desire things that have fear in them or a yeah. fear attached so that you will have to expand. Yeah. It's kind of the carrot. Right. Keeps you expanding, yeah. Exactly, because, yeah, you could manifest lunch. Yeah. That's pretty easy. Just go to the fridge. Yeah. Put it together. Somet sometimes that is exciting, though. Yeah, I like. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. because I'm cooking it. It's a lot yeah. of. Yeah. Yeah. And if there's wine, that's exciting too. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. And there's friends, yeah. that's exciting too. Yep. But yeah. Sometimes the food is better, though. Yeah. Than the friends. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. I like eating alone because then I can focus on the food. Yeah. I'm weird. I'm weird. Yeah. <laughs> hey, what's not to love? Yeah. All right, let's go into Joshua's take on this. Josh. Uh, did you read Josh Josh's first? Josh's. Yes, I yeah. did. And I like this is this is because I had that manifestation event with me having fear of how others perceive perceive my answers. Mm -hmm. I like when I can sort of see the similarities between Laurel and Joshua's answer. Yeah, that so this, this one's more similar. Yeah. yeah, it makes me feel like I had the right answer. <laughs> Joshua's then I'm like, okay, I did it the right way this time. Well, it's the same That's thing. That's a weird thought. Yeah. Well, when I see Laurel's answer that, that fits perfectly within this, the whole theme of these teachings. Yeah. I go, yeah, that's now everything makes sense. You know, I was like yeah. more, more evidence. You know? But we, for me, I'm, I keep thinking I should prefer the answers that are different because that's more exciting to have a wider perspective when they're different. And when you're ready for it, maybe they will be different. Yeah, we've had one or two yeah. different ones, and then there's always fear for me, but I do appreciate it, though. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. All right. Dear JoJo, the term creator may imply that there is something for you to create. In the old approach to life of control, you try to envision your desire in a highly specific way. You may set goals. You might choose the specific attributes of the desire. However, when manifesting anything, you are seeking the feeling of it. This is a feeling reality, and all you are ever doing is feeling something. You think through the manifestation of your desire that you will feel something when it has manifested. However, if you do not feel that feeling now, it will not be what you think it should. The conscious creator leaves the specifics to the universe and simply focuses on the cultivation of a feeling. So this is what I'm doing is um, I'm – you know, I was, I was always trying to get the conditions to, you know, get people to appreciate me. So I do yeah. stuff people just get appreciation. That yeah. Backfired, backfired, backfired. <laughs> and so now I cultivate that 
feeling of appreciation by appreciating everything, you know, really spending time appreciating and running it down and that stuff. And the same thing as love. So if you just were really cultivating two feelings, love and appreciation. Yeah. And so whenever I write an email, I just always, I used to send it with love. Now I just send it love Gary. Yeah. Even to guys, you know, love Gary. I'm just saying, okay, it might be a little awkward, but I'm just going to put it out there. Yeah. Yeah. I like, I like that. Yeah. And I just, I don't know. I've been, there's, I had a shift a while back and now I'm just like, I'm really appreciative of who I am. I still have those moments, like obviously where I think I'm not enough, but at the same time, I'm like, shit, I feel so lucky. I almost feel sorry for other people who aren't me. Cause mm-hmm. I think I'm so it's, it just feels so good to be me. I'm the luckiest girl alive, but of course I don't feel sorry for other people because they're just as powerful as, as I am. So there's nothing to feel sorry about. I'm sure everyone else feels the same way, but it just feels so good after like almost 40 years of hating myself. It just feels so good to be satisfied with who I chose to be. I'm so grateful. I chose to be me. And all we did, cause I'm the same way. Like I get to wake up in the morning and say, I get to be Gary Temple Bodley today. Yeah. And yeah. that is a fun, exciting day. And it's full of fun, exciting stuff. Um, and it's not that I created that. It's that I saw through the illusion that I was not worthy of that life or not enough. Yeah. And that's what we all have is this illusion of problems or deficiencies. Yeah. You know, and that's all an illusion as we are. This was the life that we intended to live. Not someone else's life, our life. And when you can realize that, then you feel lucky. Other people just don't see themselves the way we see ourselves. And we did work to get here, you know. Yeah. So we have to be proud of that part of it too. Yeah. And it's not even, it's, yes, I love my life, but that's not the big part. The biggest part of it is I just love being me. Yeah, no, that's like regardless. Yeah, it's right. just so freaking cool. So you can leave out anything else, right? Yeah. Things don't have to be different for you to love being you. Yeah. And so you don't need, you know, you don't need anything more, but more will come the more you yes. realize how magnificent you are. We're all magnificent and limitless beings of pure positive love and acceptance. When we see that in ourselves and in other people, then the conditions shape around that. Yeah. Thank God. Thank God. Yeah. And as you know, it took, you know, I was always pretty confident, but very unworthy, Mm. you know, which is funny. And so that's an exciting mix. Yeah. I would manifest things to prove that I was good. And I would say that proves I'm good, you know, and that this house, this car, this wife, this money, proves I'm good Mm. and other people might see that, might not see it. And I remember going to, we were really making a lot of money back in the early 2000s and we went to stay at the Ritz uh, Carlton. And this was like a five-star hotel in Atlanta. We took a limo from the airport to get there. So it was all first first class plane, all all the whole thing. And I get there and it's like, Jesus Christ, they're not really treating me any different than they did at, you know, Embassy. It's the same thing, you know. It's just five times more expensive. It's like, I'm not getting treated the way I think I should be treated as a success. And that was really the first indication that I was after something that wasn't real. And that you didn't feel like you were worthy enough to be treated the way they should treat you. Yeah, or they didn't see it in me or something, you know. I don't know. Okay, so let's say you want to manifest a hat, not just any hat, but an extraordinary hat. You envision the color, the size, the quality, and the price. You form the idea of the hat in your mind, and you imagine it in great detail. But are you thinking about the feeling you will receive from the hat? That idea is a little bit different, isn't it? So then, why do you want this particular hat? Why not let the universe bring you a hat or anything else? that you cannot presently imagine, one that you will instantly recognize as the right hat when you cast your eyes upon it. Um, yeah, so this is, this is using your imagination from your present vibrations limiting, which is what the next paragraph says. So yeah. let's jump into that one. You exist at a certain vibration in this moment. 
The vibration of your desire exists at a different frequency. If you were a match to, to your desire now, it would be manifested in your reality now. However, you exist in another vibration that isn't a match to your desire, and this is why it has not manifested. You must raise your vibration to become a match to your desire. It will never lower its vibration to become a match to you. That's interesting too, isn't it? Yeah, and thank God, because why would you want it if it had sort of had to lower its vibration? Then it wouldn't be as good. And really, the system, like you said, is one of chasing a carrot. Always yeah. your vibration up. Yeah. Now, we people, I guess, maybe it's not true, but when people fall apart, it seems like they're lowering their vibration and they're sinking into some other, you know, desperate reality. Mm. Um, but maybe they're just not, they're just not keeping up to speed with their current, you know, the intentions they set prior to their birth. I don't know, because I, I mean, for many of those that sort of have this, I don't know, dark night of the soul or whatever you call it. Like when you hit that dark spot where your life just seems it like it's falling apart, you have been going for years holding on to these limiting beliefs with so much fear, but you've sort of been pushing through, not pushing through the fear, but pushing through your life and just holding it together. And you're like just barely hanging on. And then you reach a point where it's too much and it's, you just get overwhelmed by the fear and you sort of explode. You can't keep it up anymore because you, these people are, and especially light workers, are so strong that you need to, you're fighting against yourself. So there's a lot of strength on both both sides. And so you need this big explosion of darkness or pain to be able to stop yourself because you're so strong. Yeah. Yes. So you need this huge power of fear to sort of stop yourself and hit the bottom so that you can let go of all that pain because yeah. you're just strong. You just, you manage to carry all this pain, even though you should be giving up a long time ago. Yeah. So, so it's like it's, a super manifestation event. Yeah. This is what Eckhart Tolle went through before yeah. he wrote his book and um, a bunch of other people did the same sort of thing. You know, mm. when they got enlightened, they were, like super powerful light workers who are resisting who they were yeah. until something happened. I mean, me with the loss of everything. Yeah. I had to start over. From, yeah. You know, it wasn't really a, too, too much of a bad thing, but, but, no, but your life sort of stopped or fell apart. Yeah. The life that you had, right? Yeah. The yeah. old approach of life that I was doing ended yeah. no business, no money, no, yeah. you know, none of that stuff. And we were actually, living pretty far away from our friends. So no social life that yeah. we had before it stopped. Yeah. You know? I had that too. I lost my job. I went from a, like a well-paid job in oil and gas. And then suddenly I was unemployed and I lost that social part of, you know, going to work, talking to people. And also now I suddenly didn't have anything to talk to my friends about. Well, I had some things, but you know, all that complaining about your job, that's yeah. a big part of what normal people talk about. Sure. And I didn't have that anymore. And I didn't have that income. So my whole identity changed. And suddenly I couldn't, because I had built my identity around this person making a lot of money mm -hmm. good at her job. And suddenly, shit, I'm unemployed. I'm getting unemployment, like welfare, whatever. And that's shameful. And mm -hmm. I was afraid of going out during the daytime in case people would see that I was at home when I should be at work. Ah. It was just this whole big... It felt like a dark hole to me. It was really difficult. You, you know, when I was a kid, if I was homesick from school and my mom wanted to go to the grocery store, she'd take me with her, and I did not want to be seen in public. No, and no. Is that a weird thing? I don't think most people feel that way. I don't know. Yeah, it took me several years to not feel ashamed to be out during daytime. Even, even when I wasn't getting any money from the government, I still felt shame. Yeah. And it's just, yeah. Thank God that happened, right? Uh -huh. Thank God. <laughs> okay. Um, okay. That's, yeah. From your current vibrational level, you're not even a match to the imagination of your desire. You can That's only imagine something from your present perspective. 
and that is limited. The university is all from the highest perspective. When you birth a desire, it is already there waiting for you. There is nothing for you to do other than take the vibrational journey to become a match to it. Then it will pop into reality. However, it is not really the desire you seek, it's the journey from where you are now, vibrationally, to where you will expand to. The desire creates the journey, you create your vibration every step along the way, and that's how you create your reality. That is so freaking exciting. I can't like, I just like, I, I'm dying to know what's in my future. What great things, because I have wanted so many things, okay. huge things, and I'm yeah. just like, oh, I can't wait to get there and see all these things manifest. So what do you want? What do you truly want? It's like silly things like this Maximara coat that like in cashmere. Why do that's you want what, Because it makes, when I wear it, it makes me feel powerful and wealthy and free and abundant. And do you feel that way now? I'm not all the way there, obviously, or I would have the coat, but I'm, I'm getting there. Good. Yeah. Good. And also like I have this idea of talking on a stage, like I told you about us channeling in Las Vegas on a huge stage and I'm comfortable and I'm talking to a huge audience and it's just flowing. And I could never do that now. I would crap my pants talking to a live audience of two people. Would you? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so you'll have to practice that. Well, I mean, you practice it this way, because this yeah. is live, and when you're channeling, you can, you but can this practice doesn't, it too. This doesn't, this, this just feels like you and me. I don't imagine people listening, so this yeah. is just, yeah. Yeah, that's why this is easy. Do it in front of an audience, but now I, you know, I mean, I've been in, I was in drama in high school. I always gave seminars. I always, wow. you know, always spoke in front of groups. I mean, when I was in real estate, we would have buyers come 30, 40, 50 buyers every Saturday. And I would yeah. speak in front of them. I used to give seminars on title insurance and mortgages and appraisals and all that all my life, you know? Yeah. So and you so, have a lot of experience. Yeah. So for me being on stage, it's like comfortable. It's yeah. actually comfortable. Yeah. I can get up in front of anyone, but never been over a hundred people. I don't think. Oh, okay. You know, maybe right. 50. Yeah. So well, a thousand would be a stretch for you. Maybe. For sure. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. What are your dreams? My dreams. Here's what my dreams are. Yeah. To do this every day and see how it unfolds. That's okay. All yeah. Yep. Okay. I am not wanting anything. You know, I mean, you don't I have any, any desires. I want stuff for the house. You know, I, I want, yeah, to, but like for you, you don't have anything no, like, uh, uh, really? I don't want to allow the universe to take me wherever it takes me. Yeah. I've acted on so much inspiration in the last six years and have gone so radically far in six years mm. to a almost 180 kind of life in six yeah. years that I just want to keep going like that, you know? Yeah. Because I, I just have faith that, like, I didn't know the boot camp was going to be written. And, and my God, that thing has changed my life, you know. And there's going to be another thing, you know. Yeah. Um, we just started putting on some of the, uh, some of the uh, meditations on that new meditation app. It's oh, I don't know. Inspire Timer. Uh, okay. And hundreds of people are listening to it every day cool. and putting back feedback and giving little tips, you know, money yeah. tips and stuff. It's just amazing. We just put on four of them and they're just the most feedback I've ever got for anything, you know, oh. and that was just, uh, something I did last or earlier this year. And they just approved the first meditation, the first abundance one. And now they're approving our other stuff so quickly because there's a lot of good feedback. Yeah. And, and it's just amazing how much exposure that's gotten. And so yeah. all these little things that I'm inspired to do. I think that going to Paris and hanging out with people there um, and then going to Amsterdam and actually going to Abraham is a two-day event, so I'll go both days. I think I'm going to meet people there. You know, I yeah. think something big is going to come from that. For sure, yeah. We just um, got inspired to do a course on this on this meditation app that they have courses. It's a okay. 10 day course. And Joshua wrote it like that. <laughs> you know, it took That's them, amazing. It took like two hours to do the whole thing. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. So, so just stuff like that happens and I'm excited about whatever happens, but out, not with any attachment to it. You know, yeah, I don't know if perfect. I'll live here next year. I don't know if we'll do anything with the building downtown. I don't know what we'll do with the house. I'm yeah. just going with the flow. That's perfect. Yeah. Detachment is important. That's like the whole key to whatever you want to create detachment. Yeah. It's really important. Yeah. Okay. Um, so imagine if you knew the difference between what you think you wanted and what you truly wanted. If you did, you would not plan anything. You would simply practice your alignment in every moment. When you get specific on what you think you want, you interfere with the natural process of manifestation. Here's why. If you want something badly and it seems like it's coming to you based on your perspective in the moment, you will feel good and maintain your alignment. However, if what you think you want seems like it's not coming to you, then you fall out of alignment. If it doesn't come at all because its manifestation into your reality is not needed, then you will expand through this experience in suffering. Since you intended to expand in joy, we offer another option. Okay, so you have this desire. If you think it's coming, you feel good, right? And if you think it's not coming, or if it doesn't come, mm-hmm. all your suffering is tied to that. Yeah. And, <clears throat> okay, so uh, a classic example is you don't have enough money to pay your bills, and so you're exploring lack, and mm-hmm. so a million dollars wouldn't make any sense if you got it there, you know unless that was part of your exploration of lack. And if you got the million dollars, like in the lottery, you would probably lose it like 70% of, or maybe 80 or 90% of million dollar lottery winners lose it within the first year because it's part of their experience of lack, their exploration of lack. So you only get what you need based on the exploration you're doing. Yeah. I I find some comfort in that though, because like now when the money is not coming in, I comfort myself, soothe myself saying, if I needed it, if I really needed it, it would be here. So the fact that the money isn't here just means that there's nothing that I need to do with those money right now. Right. Right. That's just like, so calm down. There's nothing that you should be doing that you're not doing that involves this money. Because if it was, you would have the money. Yeah. Well, also you have to have a need for the money. Yeah. Um, And if you said, if, you know, if you were prepared for 50 people, well, let's just say you're not prepared for 50 people to pay you $5,000 a question each, right? Mm -hmm. You're not prepared for that. No. You'd be so attached to that, them getting their money's worth. That would bring up so much fear. Right. That would cripple me. Yeah. Uh, it won't bring up fear for me, universe. You can go ahead and do that. I'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, remember a few podcasts ago, we talked about me writing a book and I had no money to for a proofreader? Yeah. Yeah. I got one and she's doing it for free. Oh, and who's that? Navina. Navina. Yes. Awesome. We got so many people that are helping helpful people around us. Yeah. And like, I got it for free. Yeah, I told you. For free. Yeah. Yeah. So that's how this thing works. So now I have to start writing. Well, all you got to do is put assemble because you've already written. You've already done all the writing. I'm going to do it. I'm not going to use posts that are public. I'm going to have to write something new. All right. If you want to, if that's what you're inspired to. But I would just use whatever you had. Put it in. Okay. Very good. If you leave it all up to the intentions you set prior to your birth, and you allow the universe to bring you the most elegant manifestation of your desire, then you do not need to do anything other than maintain your alignment and act when inspired. This is what allowing and acceptance is all about. If you could do this, all the wonderful feelings you intended to experience prior to your birth would flow to you effortlessly and easily. Your life would be limitless and magnificent beyond belief. However, this is not what you do, is it? You generally birth desires from a place of lack. You say, I don't have enough money, so I desire more money. Since the desire is based in fear and lack, all you will receive are urges to change the conditions. No matter how much money you accumulate, it will never be enough. Oh, we see this in society all the time. Yeah. Um, you say, I don't feel love, so I want someone who loves me. If you don't, do not feel love now, especially for yourself, it would make no sense for the universe to provide you with an abundance of love. 
you are exploring lack of love and wishing things were different. In that low emotional state, you receive urges to change the conditions. You might even manifest a romantic relationship, but no matter how hard your mate tries to show you love, you will never see it. That's because you are still focused on lack of love, hoping the conditions will change to make you feel something you don't already feel. I that's feel like that's, that's very common too, that whole trying to get a partner just to make you feel loved. And then the relationship is just not what, you're, what you thought it would be. And you don't even perceive love when he's giving you love. Yeah, yeah. You're not even focused. You're just focusing on the tiny times when he's acting as if he doesn't love you, you know? Yeah. And that's what really resonates with you because that's how you feel. Yeah, I feel that's very common, yeah. Yep. You intended to express your love and acceptance to yourself, all others, and the conditions as they exist, exist in this moment. You intended to experience true abundance and true freedom, not lack and limitation. You intended to expand in joy, not in suffering. If you would like to experience the life you intended to live, you must think more about the feeling you want to experience and leave the details to the universe. Cultivate that feeling internally. Be as general as you can. I'm adding something here for me. Don't attach to the outcome. And you'll, <laughs> and you'll be very, very happy with what manifests. With our love, we are Joshua. Yeah, these are two super complimentary answers that give two yeah. great perspectives. Mm. And we're starting slowly to change our mind about how we manifest things. Yeah. I think for most of us, we sort of know how to do it. It's just so difficult to live by it. For me, that whole detachment is really difficult, As it, especially like right now, when I want things like right now, I really want the money because I want to pay the bills and I want to do fun stuff with the money. So it's very difficult to stay detached, but I honestly think that's the key, staying yeah. detached. That's like the motherfucker big load. That's what really brings in the manifestation, if you can detach. Or just get a new credit card. That's what I did. Yeah. I yeah. And then I just say, oh, it'll come. It'll come when it needs to come. Yeah. But I've had so much experience with that. You know, when you're doing houses, you do a house, you... Um, max out your credit cards, you sell the house and you pay everything off. That's just the cycle that you go through. So yeah. I'm used to that. So yeah. I have no problem getting credit cards, max them out, then money will come from somewhere, pay them down, start all over again. I love credit cards too. Yeah. So, but I mean, it's, yeah, I've never been this broke before, so it's a new experience. Yeah. Uh, and I, I feel like I should be more worried, but then of course there is worry, but yeah, I'm excited to see what pops up. Yeah. It's going to have to be big. All right, good. Well, this is an awesome conversation as usual. This will probably get more likes, hits, follows, shares than any other podcast we've ever done because it's about manifesting big stuff, things. Oh, so it's not a reflection of your high vibe? Well, we have a pretty high vibe. I think this is the highest vibe that we've been together ever. I'm a high vibe. You're a high vibe. We're grooving. We're shaking. Grooving? I'm not like 70 years old. I don't say grooving. (laughs) I want to detach myself from the word grooving. I don't want to be, you know, connected to grooving. Okay, how about this? We're flowing. We're vibing. I'm just being. We're being. We're being. We're being good. Okay. Thank you all for coming here today. If you want to uh, find Astrid Halverson, it's not that easy. You'll have to get on your computer. You'll have to punch out what? Laurelsmessage.com. And if you don't have a computer, you could try to telepathically communicate with me. <laughs> or write a letter. You always try. Yeah, or write a letter. Well, I think telepathy is better. <laughs> More likely to get it through. Or go yeah. on Facebook. People have Facebook. Yeah, Laurel's message. If you have a well, if you have Facebook, you probably have a computer too. Or a phone or a an phone. iPad or yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Laurel's message on Facebook too. I'm also on Instagram, AC Halverson. Yeah. Yeah. In your next book, are you gonna be Astrid Halverson? No, AC Halverson is my writer's name. Why? Why? Why do people do that? Because I like it. Yeah, but it doesn't because you don't want to be seen. You don't want people to know it's you. Hey, yeah. I went through that. I didn't want anyone to see my book. Now I'm on every, Google Me, and you get 17 pages of stuff. 
and I'm okay with it. And there's no other Gary Temple bottling in the world. Yeah. So I'm good with it. Yeah. So you'll get there too. So well, start also, it's, it's also easier for foreigners to pronounce AC compared Astrid to Astrid. Astrid is easy, okay? It's super easy. Everyone can pronounce Astrid. Well, my name is Astrid. So yeah, try no, saying that. We're not doing that. We're saying Astrid. Yeah, so that's, I don't so, say Paris. I don't go to, I'm not going to Paris. I'm going to Paris. Okay. Well, yeah. up to you. Astrid's fine. All right. Thank you, Astrid. Fee, Christina, Halverson, yes. for yes. being here. And You're we'll welcome, Gary Temple Bodley. Say goodbye to all the people. Goodbye, all the people. See you next week. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us on the Teachings of Joshua Roundtable. Remember, you are loved more than you can imagine, by more than you could ever count. We'll see you next week.